ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. Uh, back with you this week with my co-host, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. And we, we titled our episode last week, Football is Back, but now football is really back. We got a, we got a game uh, a week's full of games um we're recording now during the the week two thursday night game the scintillating taylor henneke and uh daniel jones battle going on here so <laughs> um i did want to uh before we get started just uh wanted to let people this is our first in-season episode just to give you an idea how we'll be handling in season we tended to be more one topic a little more strategy based in the off season it'll probably get maybe a slightly more redrafty but we'll still be looking at things from a dynasty perspective we'll be going over the big news of the week mostly it'll be injuries as we'll get to pretty soon uh talking about some of the storylines from each week each of the previous week and especially since we're starting uh you know we're recording at the start of the next week we'll, we'll we'll try and look to the coming up to the the current week and beyond basically so uh so andrew i'm happy to be back with you again this week how you doing oh i'm great you know i'm always ready to talk football especially when football's on right now this is the best time for me yeah it's it's definitely uh it's interesting the, the two pods i do are both during games so it's it's an interesting experience to try to try to be paying attention to my fantasy scores and and the pod at the same time but we also have a great guest this week uh the one and only cooter doodle uh she's uh, you know from petite pods from from fantasy life uh how's it going cooter it's going good thank you for having me and uh i think everyone wants to know what's it like to be best friends with matthew barry <laughs> <laughs> oh God! What's funny is I actually put him in my phone with a little picture that says BFF, just as a joke, <laughs> like I love it. just as a joke. But no, it's cool. It's a very strange world, very surreal. Oh, and I also wanted to ask you about something that uh, Andrew had shown me showed me today. I think I saw you mention on Twitter before too. Is the fantasy mixtape thing? How did how did you come oh, yeah. up with that? Uh, tell people honestly, about it too, so in yeah, case they don't know what we're talking about. It's just about. like a little blurb like four to five little blurbs that I try to recap either something going on in the week, something going on that we all kind of relate to in our leagues and use a song to kind of embody that blurb. And I'll take a few snippets and lyrics and try to put it in there. It's just something that I find fun. I'll be like, if I'm running and I'm listening to something and I'm like, that resonates with something that happened, I'll be like, hey, that'll be fun to write it up. So I think every week now I'll try to write this fantasy mixtape, you know, 
it's just something fun for me to do. I like to have a creative outlet, obviously, if you haven't noticed. So that's <laughs> right. one of them. Well, yeah, I, I loved think... it, honestly. Like I, I was reading it today and I just like, God, you put nickel back in there. That's beautiful. Like, <laughs> thank you. Like there's just some I just I never would have thought of that, but that is exactly right. Like, thank you. <laughs> and, and where can people find that? Um, so there's a couple of them on the Aging Cooler blog, but I think coming up, uh, they're going to start being on or somehow related with Trophy Smack. I'm not sure if that's going to be on their site, so I'll be posting it on my Twitter. So that should okay. be starting in October. Okay, sounds good. So uh, I guess we'll get right into the episode here and start off with those injuries I was talking about. Uh, the first one we have here, Raheem Mostert. Uh, we all knew we'd get hurt at some point. We didn't think it would be in the first quarter of the first game. Uh, he's actually it's looking poetic, good. Though. I you know. know. It's yeah. Poetic. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, but he, uh, we originally thought it was going to be half the season. Now it turns out he's going to be out the whole season. Everyone's rushing to in redraft, especially pick up Elijah Mitchell in some dynasty leagues. He was still available too. Uh, it, Andrew, is, is is Elijah Mitchell the back to own? Do you think Sermon comes back? What, what do you think at this point? I mean, I, I don't know what to think, right? Shanahan just loves throwing us every single possible curveball there is. I mean, as much as we want to say Elijah, I mean, okay, let's put it this way. Elijah Mitchell is the closest thing to Raheem Mostert on that roster. So Mostert going down is probably the best way to increase Elijah Mitchell's value in Dynasty and Redraft or whatever. So it's almost like the best possible case. Does that mean I like him? No, I still don't know what to do with him, right? It could be Sermon this week and, and uh, you see Mitchell get the late inactive. Like we have no idea what that team is up to. Uh, and the way that with Ayuk last week too, with he, you know, not really getting any sort of attention at all, like last minute, nobody knew. I just feel like this offense is trying to keep everything under wraps. And with the way their injuries go, I feel like we're eventually going to know because there's not going to be anyone left. But man, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I picked up Mitchell a couple of places, but he makes me nervous. Let's put Can it I tell way. you guys something I almost pulled the trigger on today because my heart was so in it. I got Mitchell. I had Mitchell from some rookie drafts over the offseason, and I almost traded him away for Juwan Johnson just because my heart's Ooh. so invested, but I didn't do it. I knew it wasn't smart, but I almost did it. I was so close See, to him. But sometimes that. your heart needs to win, right? Sometimes know, it's like, you know what? I, I just want to make that trade. Like, let's, and, and you're a Saints like, fan. It's a homer pick. I like it. And it. Don't you feel like if you believe it, it'll happen? You know, like, I feel like if I invest <laughs> enough in Juwan Johnson, he will become everything that I think he can be. I'm sure that's how that works, right? You just manifest. I like it. I like it. It has nothing to do with practice and, you know, their muscles. It has to do with us. <laughs> and Sorry, Zach, we're pulling the strings. <laughs> Zach Reed here in the set says, Galaxy, brain it, and go Jeff Wilson Jr., which I'm sure he's going to be He's going to be the lead back at some point. <laughs> Not Can't to wait mention, till he starts yeah, practicing and getting all the, the talks again, and all of a sudden Jeff Wilson's going to be the guy to own. Like, oh, man, what have we done? I just spent 100 fab on Mitchell. What have, oh, dang it. But, yeah, how great. much do you want to bet that uh, carry on Johnson is going to matter at some point? They they signed him. Oh, God. <laughs> Please no. Like what year is I, it? I, I know. <laughs> it's just like every back that goes there is going to play at some point. I feel like. Yeah. And uh, so the, the next big one was Jerry Judy. Uh, it looked looked really bad. It's actually kind of uh, not too bad from what it ended up being, which was uh, about a six-week injury, calling it a high ankle sprain. Those can linger. Um, does this affect your value on Judy at all in Dynasty, uh, Cooter? Oh, I'm new to Dynasty, but I would I would think you can't trade him away at this point, so you have to hold on to him, you know? 
I mean, yeah, that's not bad logic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're going to end up finding somebody, if you're getting an offer for Judy, it's going to be a low ball, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the idea. And so I think Sharks especially in Dynasty, water. yeah, especially in Dynasty, I wouldn't move him unless it was a good offer, like a fair offer if he was playing. Because Dynasty is a long game. Uh, there's no reason to, to sacrifice too much of your future. Again, unless your your roster is depleted, like if you've got both both certain Judy and you're hoping to contend, and you know maybe you can squirt, squeeze something out there, like kind of figure out a trade or work something out, but... Nah, I, I think I'm with you. I'm holding Judy. There's no reason to trade him away. On the other end, though, I mean, I wouldn't mind sending some low ball offers because you might find an owner out there or manager out there that's like, I'm ready to get out of this. I'm ready. I'm yeah, done. He's injured. I don't want to risk it. I mean, maybe you can get lucky, but I, I don't know. I'm with you. I think I'm probably holding Judy. A couple of places I have him, it's like, dang it. But all right, he'll be back. He'll be back. And I'm excited about the Broncos. Like, I think, I mean, I thought they looked okay. So I think if he comes back in six weeks, who knows what he can do? You know, he could finish yeah. you and strong for you. Yeah, and, and I'm with you on the hold there, Andrew. I, If, if it had been a, a season-long injury, I could see trading him away for, for points. Uh, but, but with it being six weeks, even if it lingers a little longer than that, I'm holding on to him. Uh, a lot of us have high hopes for Judy, and he looked really good in this game before he got hurt. Um, he ended up with, I think, six for 72, which is pretty nice. And uh, Tim Patrick is the interesting name that, that that'll be coming in to replace mm -hmm. him. Um, I saw you nod there, Patrick. Any thoughts, uh, Patrick, Andrew, any <laughs> thoughts on Tim Patrick? I've been called worse. Um, no, so I, I feel like Tim Patrick's one of those guys. I feel like I started him in a couple leagues last year. The same kind of thing. Like he just sort of showed up as a, you know, 30 yards and a touchdown three weeks in a row or something crazy. I just remember getting him like getting 10 points in a non PPR league. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll put him in my lineup. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Like help me win. Uh, and I, everybody's talking, he's underrated. He's got the most boring name in football, right? I mean, like everybody's <laughs> saying like, if he had a more exciting name, maybe we'd care. Um, but yeah, I think he's the guy that steps up. I think he's the one that fills the role best. I do think this helps Sutton and Fant. I do think it helps in a sense. Anyway, it helps that offense, maybe clear up, clear the path for more fantasy relevant players, but no offense is better without Judy. So as, as a whole, I think the offense takes a step back, but for fantasy, maybe it helps narrow the, the options down by one, which is good. So if his name was Timmy McPatrick, how, would you, that Ooh, change anything for you? Maybe. Or Mickey McPatrick. Like, there wouldn't that be Mickey cool? McPatrick. Like, man, yeah, that would be, that'd be awesome. a nice one. Or McBoatface, right? Like one of those classics. Yeah. <laughs> but like you're right, though. When you have that interesting name, it, it does kind of do something. Well, like Jerry Judy. Like, whoa. Yeah. That is, it's like, it reminds me of all the Marvel superhero names, you know, like Peter Parker. Ah, right? It's just Jerry ah, Judy. It's got that yeah, alliteration. alliteration. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just love that. It just fits. So, yeah, I, we'll see. Okay, so yeah, so maybe if he was like Petey Patrick or something, or, yeah. <laughs> or, or Patrick Patrick. Like Patrick how, Patrick. That's so boring and Patrick funny. Patrick. <laughs> Pat McPatrick, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, he. I mentioned this on Trade Addicts this week, I think. he's. I, he was, and I thought I said this then, it's it's kind of funny to call anybody this, but he was almost like a poor man's Cole Beasley last year. <laughs> where he would I love that description. And, <laughs> I thought that was accurate. Like one of those... He was steady like 10 to 12 points almost every week. He either get a touchdown or he'd catch five or six passes for 50 or 60 yards. And, and he's just a solid flex in your lineup. It, he's, he's a very good NFL receiver. who's just on a team with a whole bunch of weapons. So uh, with one of them down, I think, I think he's a viable guy to start going forward until Judy's back. Yeah. I, and, I think and I, I like, well, I just gonna say the thing I like about Patrick is when you're playing a lineup and Patrick is in the lineup, you're like, I got this. And then Monday night, Tim Patrick points points and you're like, I just <laughs> lost to Tim Patrick. Like that's that's what it's like. You know what I mean? But yeah, you're right. He's definitely startable in some leagues in some formats. Yeah, and hopefully uh, this, like you said, will help Sutton. He had a very 
low key game this week. I think only one or two catches, um, but he's breaking his way back from that injury. Um, and they do Giants do it. I don't know if they shattered him, but the Giants do have a very good corner in, in uh, Bradbury, so he might have been on Sutton a lot as well. But not having Judy there probably could funnel more targets his, his way as he as he ramps up his health. So the uh, this is probably this is maybe the saddest one of the week, which I know. is Fitz Magic. Just just. Cooter talked to us about losing Fitzmagic, you know? the draining the fun out of the NFL. Yeah, I, I think that's an accurate description. I didn't have him on any of my teams, but I always root for him. He's one of those guys that I'm just like, you love to see him ball out, and he's a character. So, yeah, it is kind of sad. Yeah, I, I had Fitzpatrick on a couple teams, and it's just there's something about that, like the, the joie de vivre of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Where it's like, I just feel better with him on my bench, right? I just feel like I'm going to do okay. He's a good depth piece. He's going to comfort you, yeah. Yeah, he's there. just going to be out with that awesome beard. You know what I mean? Like just, oh, but no, he, he got hurt, and he's older, and it's a, it's a hip injury, so this could be – I mean, this could be a career ender. I hate to say it because it, at that age, you kind of start wondering, you know, how much it, more does he have left? Insert old pain? man throwing out his hip jokes here. Well, and that's part of it too. <laughs> like it's a hip injury. Like that, those aren't easy to come back from, right? Tua struggled to come back from a hip injury. Now, granted, Tua's was worse, but at the same time, like hip injuries are no joke in the, in the NFL, right? Quarterbacks they they use that hip a lot, mm-hmm. and so this could be a long term kind of uh, of a thing for him. Which I again, I don't like that. The NFL is better with Fitz Magic in it. I agree, and and uh, like you said, the game on game is on as we're recording. We're maybe seeing the effects of uh, losing Fitzmagic a little bit right now. They only got seven points going in. It's almost halftime. Looks like they are driving right now. Although Heineke's actually performed pretty well. Looks like he's fourteen for eighteen, at least on my my screen here. I don't know how updated it is for one hundred and thirty nine. And a score to Terry. I think he can keep Terry viable. Terry's almost quarterback proof. We saw that in the first two years of his career, dealing with Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith and and, uh, other guys in there as well. So uh, I I think the offense will be okay. And I think this is a – well, we'll get to him a little later. But I think this is actually a bit of a help for for Antonio Gibson possibly. But we're going to talk about him in a little bit. So I'll leave that alone. And then the last one is just that uh, Michael Gallup is out for, for three to five weeks with a calf injury. Um, Andrew, any any either redraft or dynasty takeaways from this? Uh, you, you, we're just going to see it funneled more to Cooper and uh, and CD. You think this makes the, any of the tight ends more relevant? Are you excited about Cedric Wilson? Well, so, I mean, the answer is yes, I guess, on all of that, right? That offense is pretty high-powered, so I feel like, you know, whoever you have on that team that you're going to like, you're going to start, right? And I know that there were some teams that that probably had Gallup as a flex option and kind of like the uh, the underratedness. I know in Dynasty, everybody was talking about how he didn't sign a new contract and he might be going somewhere else, so there's some kind of future potential that we can all look forward to. Maybe he goes to somewhere like Green Bay where they need it. You know, we always have those those hopes in, in Dynasty. But yeah, I mean, I, I never really got into the whole Gallup hype personally, but I get why it's there because, again, that offense is good. So I guess for the same reason, I'm kind of into the Cedric Wilson hype. Like, I don't know. Why not? Right. <laughs> I picked him up in one really deep league. It's an HQ league where, you know, we have like 45 roster spots or something insane. And he was on waivers before week one. And I had some injuries and moved people to IR. And I was like, yeah, let me try a flyer on Cedric Wilson. And then Gallup goes down and I'm like, cha-ching, which is pure luck. Right. Like, there's nothing there. But it, no one's going to trade you for Cedric Wilson, right? No one's going to mm-hmm. want that. Uh, if you have him on your roster, or you picked him up on waivers. I mean, it, really, only in Dynasty are you picking up a guy like Cedric Wilson. I think, uh, yeah, he could be something, but I'm not banking on it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it does maybe help CD and Cooper a little more, but again, 
And you just did a lot say of just now, though. You just said something that I thought was interesting, that anybody on that team, you're going to start. How are you guys feeling about Zeke, though? I, I might be skipping ahead here. Well, we'll, we'll get yeah, into that, a lot of it. That, that is a perfect transition, Cooter. Because yep. <laughs> that was our alert. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, Cooter's a pro. Smooth. So um, that's what we were going to get into next. Was was the week one uh, surprises? So, um, and one of them is Zeke's disappointing day. Maybe not too much of a surprise against Tampa Bay. Um, before we get into that, I just was because I, I had prepared this for the show so that uh, maybe doesn't fit as well with the transition, but. Just a reminder to everybody of uh, uh, week one last year, the, the Jags beat a playoff team. The, 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 the Bucks lost by, by double digits. Malcolm Brown and Naheem Hines were top five running backs. Darius Slayton was wide receiver five. Jeez. Robert Tanyan, who finished as a top five tight end, didn't see a target, let alone a fantasy point. And Justin Jefferson was playing behind Ola B.C. Johnson. So um, that, that, that's how much can change from week one. And with that, we're going to try and, and pull uh, information from week one and tell you about it. So, um, <laughs> so back to Zeke. Um, uh, he did have a bad day. It was like 11 for 33. I, I don't have his, his uh, pass catching stats up here, but I know he went 11 for 33. I'm not sure if he caught a pass or not. It was not a good fantasy day. So you, you are worried then, Cooter? So I was worried last year about him. And – to see this, I think, doesn't worry me more. I think it, it, like you said, it was against Tampa. But, I mean, if he has one or two more games like this, then, yeah, I'm worried. I don't have him rostered a lot of places because last year I was a little nervous. So, I mean, I don't know. I, it, if, you, if you picked him up and, like, redraft, you, you're not getting rid of him right now. You have to hold and hope that he does okay. You're going to be slinging it through the air, so you would hope that frees him up to go run, you know, and get some big breakaways against a better – or a worse defense, I guess, technically. But I don't know. I was nervous about him last year. And see, I, I'm on the other end of that. I mean, I, I didn't – he was not great uh, after Dak went down last year, but before Dak got hurt, uh, the, it's been often repeated, I feel like, that on if you, if you listen to a ton of podcasts like I do, that he was a top five RB before Dak went down. And, and he still finishes like RB10, depending on your scoring. And I, I still think he's going to rebound from this. They are, they are maybe the best run defense in the league. Uh, so I, I'm not taking too much from it yet. Uh, it is a high-powered offense. They're going to have – they scored uh, through the air this week, past week. But mm-hmm. there, there's going to be plenty of goal line carries, and, and Pollard is not going to be getting those. So um, he's maybe not explosive as he once was, but I still think he's going to get the volume or he's going to be a top-10 guy. Um, what are your thoughts on Zeke, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the the thoughts are all right there. I mean, I'm with you on everything. I think that last year was a little bit nerve-wracking because Dak was out and the offense was kind of floundering, and then Dak comes back, and everybody's like, perfect, we're back to normal. Zeke's a top-five pick. Um, but then again, yeah, I mean, the Bucks brought everybody back from a Super Bowl team. They, they know what they're doing. There's no change on that defense, and it's a stout defense already. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, that the Cowboys had a, a offensive lineman go down too. So, like, they had some struggles on the offensive line. So – I guess we shouldn't be that shocked that he struggled. It was, again, it's a one week. It's it's the first week. There's probably some rust to knock off him and Dak both getting back used to things and like kind of getting in the, in the flow of everything. So I'm not overreacting to it. I guess maybe that's the answer I have is that I think it's disappointing, obviously, but it's not something I'm, I'm using as a prescriptive model to say he's always going to be like this, right? This was a one-off kind of thing. But I mean, I think 
Cooter-doodle said it best. How many times do I have to say that? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you give it a couple of weeks. If this same kind of thing happens, if Zeke is is struggling to kind of get his feet under him by week three or four, I'm I'm real nervous then. But this right. is a great time to try to like we were saying sharks in the water. If somebody's panicked, yep. I mean, if you trust that he's going to be better than this, go get him. Well, we always say it's the price that matters, right? Like it depends yeah. on what you have to give up. If the other guy's like, you know, I don't know, I'll take Austin Eckler for Zeke straight up, right? Or one of those weird running back for running back deals that we see sometimes in redraft where it's just, yeah, oh. I, yeah but it's just like sometimes the, you're panicking and they're good. panicking and it makes everybody <laughs> fine. So yeah, we'll do it. But yeah, I mean, there's some of those kind of weird trades I could see, but he's not somebody I'm targeting, I guess, per se. Like I'm not out there actively, like aggressively confident in him. Um, but I do think that Zeke has a chance to, to, be a solid top 10 running back by the end of the year. So yeah, one week is not the end of the world, right? Malcolm Brown was a top five running back last year, apparently. So yeah, we're good. We, After we, got week one. <laughs> yeah, we got some time. And, and I agree, Andrew. I'm not necessarily targeting him right now either. I did target him earlier in the off season when he was cheaper. There, people were really down on him right after the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started to gain some steam, I felt, as the off season went on. Uh, I don't think people who did who do uh, roster him are probably that down on him after the one game either. Most people are are fairly knowledgeable and rational and realize it's one game. So, but like you said, if it, if it goes to two or three games, people will start panicking. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, one of the other big surprises of week one was the Packers, oh, yeah. uh, the Packers offense, p- pretty much completely crapping the bed. So um, <laughs> uh, 38 to three. And it, it, this is one I don't worry about at all. Uh, let, I, if this was not week one, I don't think people would be concerned. It's just it's the only data point we have. Uh, last year, the Bucks lost thirty-eight to three to these same Saints. As a matter of fact, oh and, wow! But but it was like that. week nine. Yep, and uh, the quarterback had uh, no touchdowns, multiple interceptions. Uh, their their best running back had nine yards. Uh, their best receiver had about 60 yards. Sound familiar? So, um, <laughs> But nobody cared because it was week nine, and we already knew they were good. So yeah. I, I, that's what I think this is. Sometimes, uh, part of my friend, shit happens, and just happened to happen in week one. Is that where hey, you're I'm at? Glad it, I'm glad it happened against the Saints. It was a great day for <laughs> oh, me. I'm sure you are. That's right. Day. That's your team. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I'm not nervous about their offense. I do think we have to give a little credit to the Saints defense, though. Mm-hmm. They're they're a lot sneakier and a lot better than I think some people give them credit for. I mean, they're out there on waivers and stuff. I went and get them in a few leagues the other day just because I'm like, I, I trust them, you know. But, oh, it was a good game to watch. It felt oh, good. If we're going to take anything away, I think that might be it. Is that the Saints defense might be better than we thought. Not that the, mm-hmm. the, the, Packer, the Packers offense is anything Correct. we have to worry about. Yeah. Since since we're talking about that game, what are your what are your thoughts on Jameis as a Saints fan? Obviously, you like what you saw. In week that blew one, but... my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was very cautious. I think I tweeted something that like if he got 150 yards and two touchdowns, two or three touchdowns, that I would be like drunk on hope. And so, oh my god, like to see no interceptions, that was the biggest. I think everyone's biggest worry, right? Is what yeah. is he going to do? He's going to sling it, but what happens with the mistakes? And he just looked good. And I think he's confident in the offense. I think. They have good rapport. I'm just, I'm like, my hope is at a hundred right now. I'm full. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, you have every right to be. I mean, that was a yeah. good outing for Javis. I'm Five touchdowns in. on very few mistakes. I mean, Leading the, the Packers, the Packers, the Packers did very little on defense to threaten him. They didn't do anything yeah. on offense to make him nervous. He was able to kind of sit back there, relax, yeah. and get it done. That's what you want from your quarterback, especially yeah. on a, a first game after a quarterback controversy offseason. You know, he mm-hmm. can kind of settle in. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not even a Saints fan, and I'm at a Hunter Hope on Winston. You know yes. what I mean? Like, that's man, that looked good. That looked yeah. good. Uh, yeah, and I'm right there with you. I, I have multiple Jameis Winston shares. As a, I play in mostly super flex leagues, but I generally go for the cheaper quarterback. So yeah, I own a pretty a good, good share of uh, Jameis. Oh, yeah, um, he was going super late. Like, he was pretty much the perfect candidate for a super flex second QB. Yeah. Yep. But you got to have that hope that he gets the job and Taysom doesn't take it and that there's no yeah. – Oh, I've been, been on Jameis since last season. Same here. I think he's got some great talent, but it could he could have easily just as well come out against the Packers and thrown five interceptions, right? I mean, yeah. like he honestly has that kind of game in him too. I hate to say it. I mean, he's a good mm-hmm. good quarterback, but I just want to say like LASIK worked, right? Like it clearly. <laughs> I'm telling right. you, he needs I was to be no turnovers either. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's a good sponsor right there. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I assume you're on board with the the Packers as an aberration thing. What do what do you think, uh, Andrew? Though on, on the Titans as well, they they had a really bad. Pretty much everyone you were depending on in that offense did not have a good week. It, AJ Brown bailed out his game with the with the touchdown at least, but but no one performed well. Are you concerned about them, or is this another? It's week one. I'm not too worried. Uh, it's more. I think it's more of the. It's week one. I'm not that worried, right? I'm. I'm I mean, again, every every squirrel finds a nut kind of a thing, right? Like this is one of those weeks that just maybe that wasn't theirs and they, they didn't eat the right breakfast or they didn't <laughs> manifest it right. You know what I mean? Like we were saying before, like there's a whole bunch of reasons why one week could be bad. So I also think that, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers story is much more impactful to me than the Ryan Tannehill story, right? Like the Packers not doing well on their home, like their first, not home, but like their first game of the season against the Saints team that wasn't playing at home and, and kind of had to move mm-hmm. to Jacksonville for this game and it had to be all out of whack. But Jameis Winston, who was, I mean, again, who knew what we were getting with that? Um, <laughs> I just think that, I, I just think that I'm not nervous about Tannehill as much. I just think that offense is going to kick it back into gear. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, There's too Kyle, many good pieces too, like for it right? to not work out, you know? I just wanted to point out, I put on the screen, Kyle Center in the chat says, Andrew said well, LASIK works while wearing glasses. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's convincing <laughs> me maybe I need to go ahead and do it. Like, I've been nervous for oh. all these years, but apparently it worked. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a go now. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I could use some LASIK. It's not bad. I don't know. Could throw some five touchdowns on a Sunday. Sounds good to me. Kyle also mentioned in the chat just before that that he said he did the opposite and traded away all his Winston shares after he's named the starter. Yeah. Uh, is would you be looking? I mean, it would be even better to do now after five touchdowns. Is that would you be looking to do that, Andrew? Or are you looking to, to hold on to him still? You know, thinking we got might have something here that maybe you didn't pay a lot for. Well, if I don't think I have Winston on any rosters right now, and if I did, I'd probably hold because I feel like this kind of performance while it could be a flash in the pan, that offense looked pretty good. And I was nervous too, because without Michael Thomas and, you know, Alvin Kamara is pretty much your only guy anymore because they just don't have a lot of receiver depth of these guys that are quote no names that are, you know, having to step up, but they looked good. I mean, like everybody on that offense, aside from Adam Troutman, ironically, who just couldn't seem to catch a ball to save his life. uh, He got a ton of targets, but Juwan Johnson got all the touchdowns. And even then, like, Mm -hmm. Which one would you rather have? The guy getting the opportunities or the guy getting in the end zone? Well, for tight ends, end zone is kind of more important. So, but yeah, so I I feel like, yeah, it's one of those games that I think could be prescriptive. I think this is what we might see from the Saints where they're spreading it around and 
kind of like we were saying with uh, with Timmy Patrick, where it's like some of these guys are no names, but they're scoring touchdowns. So who cares, right? Yeah. Maybe I, I would hold Winston if I had him. To me, it depends on if you have another quarterback. If it's a one QB, like if you have someone you trust, like a Kyler Murray or something like that, I would absolutely go try to get a trade for Jameis right now and get rid of him because this is the highest at this point, presumably how, I mean, Oh my God, he's leading the league. He has no interceptions. The worries might be gone. So but if he, you could have again, else, he could do this again. And do I know, <laughs> I know. But like, are you ever, if it's a one QB league, though, let's just say yeah. it's a situation, you know what I mean? Are you ever going to start him over Kyler? No. Or somewhat, you know what I mean? No. So maybe gonna buy, right? That's the only time. And even yeah, then, you might have yeah. better options by then. Anyway, I'm right there with you. I'm just saying, yeah. like, when when your hopes know, at 100, you're like, come on, this could be the guy. Trust me, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I I wanted to point this out since we have a we actually have a question from the chat from a guy calling himself Ridley Truther. Is a we talked about Judy already a little bit, but he said, "Hey guys, thoughts on Judy value traded Tyson Williams." Um, who he got twenty in the twenty-first round of a startup and a twenty-two first for Judy yesterday. Was that dumb, or should I keep the offers flowing? I'll jump in here. I think that's a fine trade. I think a first for Judy is is about. I mean, I think it, at this point, if you're sending a first and getting Judy, they're they're both rebuilding kind of options, right? Where you usually want the pick and a rebuild, but Judy's a terrific option. And I think that this next class, everybody's talking down about it. We don't know what the class is going to be yet. I mean, mm -hmm. as much as people want to say this is a down year, I feel like I've heard that every year for the past five years. And so who knows? So I don't know if I'm that worried about the class, but I, I would prefer the known asset in Judy. And he is going to score points this year at some point. And Tyson, maybe not. Honestly, we've heard some news come out, I think today even, where they might be splitting that backfield. And, and I don't know, he makes me nervous as a dynasty asset. I'd be willing to get rid of Tyson and a first for Judy every day of the week, I think. Yeah, I'll give me Judy. You you agree, uh, Cooter? You, you taking Judy yeah. there? I mean, if he was out all season, it might be a different story. But yeah, yeah, if he's only out for six weeks, I would do it. Yeah, I agree with you both. I, 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 Judy's values at uh, first plus definitely at this point, even with the injury. In Dynasty especially, a six-week injury is not that big of a, a value hit. And I, I'm not a big believer in Tyson. I thought he did look good um, you know, on Monday. But Latavius got a decent amount of carries in the second half. Freeman's been activated. Bell could be activated. We have no idea. And they've never been a one-back offense anyway. So I don't see, you know, Williams taking on a huge load at any point. Uh, so to me, that add that add on to the first is not much at all. I think that's a very good trade for you. Uh, yeah, and Tyson's really just a this year guy. I don't see Tyson lasting at all through like into the future. You know what I mean? Even this season, he might get cut by week nine for all we know. He yeah. was the fourth string running back behind Dobbins, Edwards, and Hill. And they all got hurt. That's why he's playing. And I, they're not going to get hurt next year. I mean, odds are against it. And if they do, my goodness, what a lucky player that is. But at the same time, like that's just you can't predict injuries, right? Yeah. And when you're looking at trades, I tend to want to have the, the known good and kind of not always say get the best player in the in the trade. But I mean, Judy's a stud. I think he's got top ten receiver kind of quality. And I know you guys talked about this on Trade X this week too about Judy a lot. And I just think he's got a lot of potential. So yeah, that that's a smash Judy side for me. Uh, so one other big one was uh, Gronk's big game. Uh, he Ooh, he yes. did very well, had a couple touchdowns, uh, was very involved. Um, but I, I kind of feel like we saw this at times last year where he'd pop up and look really good, and, and then he would disappear for weeks at a time. And with the other other guys there, Antonio Brown, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, it's, uh, he, this clearly this isn't sustainable, but – 
Uh, do you think he's going to be a startable asset most weeks? Uh, I think Cooter? he is. I'm going to jump in. I think he is because <laughs> you have your top three guys, like we've been saying all off season and everyone else is kind of just a guessing game, right? For tight yeah. end. And I feel like he is trusted. Obviously Brady wanted him there. He recruited him. Now they figured it out. They figured out Arian's offense. And I was just looking. So he was tied third for targets for tight ends with eight. He's the only guy that caught all eight of them. <laughs> and two of them were touchdowns. I mean, yes, he's not going to have 90 yards and two touchdowns every game. But if there's a tight end out there and they're one of those lower ones we've drafted and talked about, other than maybe like Jared Cook or something, of one of those lower ones you could have drafted, I I'm trusting Gronk. I'm starting him in the leagues that I have him. Yeah, I'm so, right yeah, Unless yeah. I have Waller yeah. or somebody, you know what I mean? I'm starting him. Yeah, I think the only thing I want to jump in and correct you on is it's the top four with Hawkinson. I want to make sure that we're clear about that. But this is <laughs> yes, a, the Hawkinson a, victory a, tour has been. Yeah, we, okay, we, okay. We, we are we very good, ha- Hey, it's just week Hawk. one, Andrew. Well, we are very pro Hawk in this network, uh, so I just want to make sure we, we get that in. But at the same time, I'm right there with you. I I, I only have Gronk, I think, on one or two rosters just because oh, I have him a re- lot. He could retire at any minute, and it just makes me nervous, right? But you're exactly right. Tight end is such a flat circle after the top four, right? I mean, even at, like, you're just looking for opportunities and touchdowns. He got both. Like yeah. he's the kind of perfect mix. And Brady, you said it right. Brady wants him there. That offense, yeah. in theory, has seven players, not counting Brady, of course, but yeah. seven offensive weapons outside of him that we would want to have. The three running backs could all have value. The three receivers could all have value. And Gronk is obviously a top ten uh, tight end, which I never would have predicted two years ago. Saying you know Gronk is a top ten tight end again. He was laying on the couch watching football like the rest of us. So it's impressive you, but you have you seen him in interviews too like i know this is such a silly thing to say but he's just so excited they're yeah. they're happy they're both having fun again i yeah. think they lost that spark for a few years and they got it back and as Super much as i have yeah as, yes <laughs> but as much as i am like screw the bucks they're against the saints i'd still i'm just like god they're out there literally living everyone's dream having a good time their buddies and their winning games. I mean, well, what more can you want? You know? Something we talk about is that this game is for fun, right? And if, if yeah. having Gronk on your team makes you have more fun, I'm all for right. it, right? Like he's out there having fun. It makes you watching have fun. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm all in. I, I think at the same time, I would put it this way. Trading for Gronk could be tricky right now because whoever's yeah. got Gronk oh, is yeah. probably not giving him up for the world, even in Dynasty. So it's almost mm-hmm. like if you don't have him, it might be tough. You might have yeah, to overpay. But yep. again, depending on how much fun you want to have, maybe you go and overpay, right? You send it a trade where it's like Hawkinson for Gronkowski and Brady in a one quarterback league. You know, something crazy yep. where like the guy's got two quarters, he's got Stafford and Brady and he's okay to lose one, right? Like those are the kind of trades that I just love because it's like, I'm getting a guy I like to watch. I'm giving up a lot, but it's worth it. So yeah. Yep. Okay. And, uh, another big surprise this week is that depend again, depending on scoring, uh, Jared Goff is a top five to to eight quarterback this week. Like we all we all predicted this, right? Yes, <laughs> everyone was starting Jared Goff in their lineups this week against the San Francisco defense. Uh, but I do think that not again, not the top five, six, seven, eight is going to be sustainable. But I think he could be a lot better than we think because that that defense is bad. It, it, it's almost going to be like a Blake Bortles situation from back when the Jags were horrible back when Bortles was there as opposed to where they're horrible now. Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, but, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, where he would put up all those garbage time numbers for you, except Gotha won't give you the, the rushing numbers Bortles sometimes would. But they're just going to have to throw so much. I feel like uh, their, their, their best corner, uh, Jeff Okuda, went down too. So that defense is going to get even worse. Uh, and they were going to see a lot. Basically what happened is uh, San Fran went into prevent mode up like 30 points and, and Goff just put up a whole bunch of yards. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, it, you are you on board with that? You, you I I don't think QB one is in the cards, but I think he's going to be better than we think. Like he could be like a top eighteen QB. Oh yeah, I think, I so. think that. Yeah, when you said top five on the show sheet, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. No, Maybe, that was just yeah. where he is yeah. now. Like right in, now. in the one league I was looking yeah. at, he was QB five. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think people were drafting him as like QB like twenty five. That's why I'm saying he could be fifteen, mm-hmm. six, fifteen to eighteen in that range. Um, and, well, and of I, course, that's why Hawk is going to be so good as well because they're going to be passing like crazy. Well, I, I have Goff in one league and I couldn't get rid of him all season, all off season. I took over an orphan and nobody wanted him. You know, just everybody's like, nah, I don't want, I don't want Goff. He's well, not going to be there that long. Going there, you know, I think it just, yeah, spooky. Well, and then of course the receivers are, are nobodies. Right, you got Tyrell the Gazelle. Oh man, and he's <laughs> in concussion protocol. You got Quintez Cephas. Amon Ross St. Brown is a day three pick. I mean, they just don't have anybody that flashes except for Hawkinson. And obviously DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are both going to be catching the ball apparently out of the backfield all the time. So as much as we want to say that that Goff doesn't have the weapons or doesn't have the talent, wasn't he doing he great? Enough. Yeah. Wasn't he doing great in LA? I don't understand. Like he wasn't that bad of a quarterback with Cup and, and Woods. They maintained a lot of offense there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I don't know. I never really got the narrative like he's gonna do worse. Like I don't know. He's still got some people that can catch. We'll see what happens. And I guess it's nice. He's not gonna be top five. I'm with everybody on this. I don't see that happening. I shouldn't say he's not going to be. I just I don't predict it. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's a QB twelve to fifteen kind of guy by the end of the year. To be honest, like one of those like perfect or particularly Petrella kind of quarterbacks <laughs> where it's like, you know, the guy that is super cheap and a super flex league, nobody wants him. You pick him up and, and he's in your lineup every week and just scoring your points. Yeah. I was just going to ask you what you thought maybe his ceiling was. And, and, and as we've seen, he's, it's going to be very good. This is the whole reason I was on board with Hawk all off season to begin with is that he's going to be funneling. There's no one else to throw to. What I expected was he's going to be funneling all the targets to, to Hawk and Swift and uh, I guess we got Jamal Williams thrown in there as well. But I think the three of them combined had like 29 targets or something like that. It was ridiculous. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. It's not going to be uh, necessarily pretty, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill 75-yard touchdowns from Goff. But you're going to get a lot of fantasy points, I think. Yep. Um, this is an interesting one to me. David Montgomery. because. Everyone, David Montgomery had, again, another guy who had a, a very high-end season, top five-ish, um, depending on scoring, and no one liked him going into this season. Uh, he was basically in startups this offseason being drafted in, like, the 15 to 20 range. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted him. Everyone has said, you know, he had, including me, by the way, said he had the weak schedule in the second half of the year. That's why yep. he scored so much. And then he comes out against one of the best defenses in the league, has like, I think, uh, I don't think he had 100, but he had 90-some yards and a touchdown. Um, he's likely going to get the the passing work still because Tariq still is not back from his injury. Oh, yeah, that's so, true. Uh, so, Cooter, is David Montgomery for real? Is he a guy, is he a guy you're you looking know, to pick up? I think he is. I have him in a couple leagues, actually, because I was a non-believer last season, and he went off, and he looked beautiful. And so, yeah, I feel like he's kind of that opposite of a – 
of Zeke. You know, I was low on Zeke and then you see week one and I'm like, mm. and so now I think I was too low on Monty and now he's back. And I feel like it's one of those things where he's not giving us reasons not to believe in him, you know? So I think that's the perfect point right there is that because I'm right with you. I was not a believer, but yeah, he's not giving us any reason not to believe in him. He's yeah. performed for like eight straight games last year. He performed against a very good defense this year. Uh, he's someone I wish I had more of. I, I don't know if he'd be that easy to buy right now, but I, I kind of want to get more shares of him because I'm, I'm hoping maybe there's still doubters out there that I can still buy him at a cheaper price than, say, top 10 running back because I think that's very realistic for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the only thing holding him back is is this offense, I think. Uh, but, I mean, he's got the volume. He's going to get the pass catching work. Andrew? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, when, I think when Fields takes over, whenever that is, yeah. whether it's week three or four or eight, I guess we don't know exactly. But I still think it's going to be – I've said this to a couple of people. I'm a Bengals fan. Everybody sees it. We all know it. Uh, they played The Bears played the Bengals this week. The, the Bengals played the Vikings last week, and Dalvin Cook had a pretty good game, right? Not, mm-hmm. not stellar, but pretty good. I could easily see Montgomery getting 15 to 20 points, which is pretty good in these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this week Monty's a, in, in line for a lot of output and all that. And I think Dalton's going to start and they're probably going to lean more on the running game. Dalton's in a revenge game with the Bengals and all this. There's a bunch of narratives there. But I think when Fields starts, whenever that is, I could see Monty taking a hit because I think Fields is more apt to run than Dalton is. And I think that That's offense will just be opened up a little bit. The, the defense is going to have to respect the offense a little bit more and maybe fill the box a little bit more. Uh, I think you're going to see Allen Robinson do better when Fields takes the field. But I mean, None of that is a negative on Montgomery, right? None of those are statements that make me afraid of Montgomery. So I'm, I'm kind of with you, Rocky. If I can get him, sure. But I don't know if I'm willing to overpay after one week, right? And I, mm-hmm. I, we all saw it last year. And him and Jonathan Taylor both were kind of in that same model of the, the schedule was really easy. They dominated when they should have. And it felt like we were all double counting it, right? We're like, oh, well, they did well against bad defenses. But they did well. And we counted it twice and inflated. Montgomery didn't really get all of that inflation. But seeing it again after week one makes me go, yeah, maybe we were wrong. Maybe he really is good, but it's still only one week. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little hesitant in the, in the, do I want to afford that? Do I want to spend all that I have to spend for him? Unlike Zeke, who I think could be getting a little bit of a discount. I think Monty owners are going to have you pay up because if they have him, they either had him through last year and, and were holding him the whole off season, or they paid up to get him because the, whoever had him after those last eight games was not going to give him away. So I, whoever the, the person that has Monty paid a pretty fair price. So I don't think it's going to be easy to get. Maybe that's the way to put it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's going to be. But I do think there, I mean, if maybe uh, someone is not valuing him as high. I think you're right, though, that most people are going to because either they held on to him or they they acquired him recently or at least in the offseason. But if you're if you think he can do what he did last year, I still don't think anybody's valuing him that way. No. Yeah. So if you think he can do that. What about Zeke or Monty? If you had Zeke, would you try to trade Zeke for Monty straight up and do one of those ugly running back for running back deals? I mean, you could obviously add in a bunch of other pieces to kind of make it work out. But I mean, which would you rather have just flat out? You know, I'm going to be the dumb person and say it. I would like to have Monty. I don't I think would. that's dumb at all. I don't think oh, okay. that's a funny answer. I'm a believer and was a Monty hater all off season. And I would try and get a plus. I would want a plus. Yeah, I would say I need a plus right now, but well, for draft I, if, I, if you else. put a gun to my head and say who's going to score more, 
I think it might be Montgomery. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I loved your point about Fields, too. The running quarterback mm-hmm. helps the running game. We've seen it with Lamar. I, I think it's it's helped Miles Sanders with uh, Jam- uh, Jalen Hurts this past weekend. Um, I, I just There's so many instances of it. We've seen it uh, in many times. So I, I just – I think – Montgomery could I don't think it's a definite but I definitely think that's in the range of possibilities well so let me even put it to you this way I mean I, I'm, I'm kind of with you I think if I would probably rather have Montgomery straight up but I don't think that's what you have to do to get him if you have Zeke right, right. you could probably do Zeke and for Montgomery and Mike Williams or somebody who's like a right but there are some people out there that just are are kind of like what we were saying about Zeke they're like I don't trust it he's going to be back to normal and Monty had a bad schedule and this is a one-week fluke mm-hmm. they're going to say the exact same narratives and they're going to be like, I don't mind giving up Mike Williams as my fifth receiver to get Zeke, who's going to be a stud. Like those kind of trades, especially in redraft, are very possible. You know, and you got to look at it too, where Zeke was a top five, top seven pick, whatever you want to call it. And Monty was probably a third or fourth round pick. So we're only one week in. Draft capital doesn't matter as much, fantasy draft capital, but it's still, we're close enough. You might be able to swing mm-hmm. that kind of a deal. And I think that's that's not a bad move because that could really help your bench. And the other the other manager might be, I don't know, on the opposite end of things and going, ah, this is a fluke from Monty, but I think Zeke is the deal. So I'll do it. You know, it's something to look out for. And Kyle in the chat again, uh, chiming in RG three and Alfred Morris would be another example of how, how <laughs> running quarterback helped to yeah. help to running back. Cause Alfred Morris did nothing pretty much without <laughs> RG three, uh, but looked great when he, when he was there in, in there with him with in with Washington. Um, so another big surprise this week was Debo. Uh, Debo Samuel had the monster game this week. Uh, I think he had like 180 yards or something like that. It was ridiculous. 198 and a touchdown. 98, that's what it yeah. was. Yes, 198 and a touchdown. Targeted like I think I still had like a 50% target share or something ridiculous that's like crazy. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Ayuk uh, was be on the opposite end of that in, in nowhere to be found. Uh, as Kyle Shanahan was apparently teaching him a lesson or, or something, no one knows. But uh what do you? I guess both of these guys. I want to uh, ask you guys about. What, what do you think? Is 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 me and I know Andrew and I were not big believers in Ayuk going into the season, uh, so that that kind of backed that up this week. Well, um, I'll jump in with this. I, it's not that we weren't believers. Just I, I've always felt like that offense can't su- support all those options and with all the running backs and everything. So if you, I mean, this is kind of the coach's decision to remove Ayuk from the playing field. Debo's going to get the ball. He's going to be the guy. But we can see the exact opposite this week. Again, we were talking about shenanigans, yeah. right? This is shenanigans, right? This is exactly what he does. Where next week, maybe they put Ayuk in, he gets eight catches, 120, and two touchdowns. And everybody's like, there he is, there's the guy. And Debo gets nothing. I just, I don't want to say I'm avoiding this whole offense. It's kind of a cop out, but this is who Debo is. Debo was Ayuk before Ayuk, right? Debo did this as a rookie in 2019, and everybody kind of forgot about it because he got hurt. Debo, if he's in the game and healthy, this is what you're going to get. The question mark on Debo is always the injury. When does that come back? Because it will most likely come back. He'll get a hamstring or he'll have a foot injury and miss a couple of games, and that's when Ayuk will blow up. So I don't know. I, I would almost look at this as a chance to maybe sell high on Debo that's and buy low about. on Ayuk. Yeah, I was but, about to say sell it because 200 yards roughly in a touchdown, like that's just – there's going to be people that are going to see those numbers and just yep. eat it up, you know? Well, and, and Ayuk is getting punished for not cleaning his room or something, right? Like, we don't know what that was. And I'm sure that he'll eat his breakfast and, and not miss dessert or something, and he'll be fine, right? It, I, there's no way you don't play a talent like Ayuk. Like, that just doesn't make sense. And I think, too, sometimes it, it, there's the narrative, too, of, well, 
if I'm the coach and I'm going up against the lowly Detroit Lions as the monstrous 49ers, I'm going to inactivate Trey Sermon just to send a message because we can. It's the Lions. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe we uh, just bench Ayuk too. We'll just give these guys an extra week off because as a punishment for their offseason performance, we'll be fine. We won't need him. And then look at what happened, right? That game ended up being a crazy comeback for Detroit. And Jared Goff and the guys lit it up because – they had some defensive injuries, as they tend to do. Mostert got hurt and had to leave, and then Elijah Mitchell stepped up. So, like, that team is just always a revolving door to me. And I think it's almost like getting too cute for cute's sake with Shanahan. And so I think that maybe the the he got the sense knocked into him by that comeback, and he goes, man, we need to put our players on the field. Let's mm-hmm. put Sermon out there. Let's put Ayuk out there. Let's let's stop with this messing around. I mean, that they're not going to play Detroit every week, right? I mean, that that's not the way it goes. And I don't want to crap on Detroit too much, but – they are very much in line for a potential number one overall pick, right? Nobody has a lot of high hopes for that team. So it's very possible that they went into the offseason going, yeah, we got them in week one. We can kind of skirt through that and be okay. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, I'm with you on the Debo sell high, and uh, I believe uh, we have him in a, in a particular league, Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that might have something to do with this podcast. but um, So we may have to look into that. But uh, – I'm not as much in on, on buying low on IUK. Number one, it might take a little bit still for him well, to do anything because there's the been thing. comments coming out since the game from, from Shanahan still saying things about Ayuk having to earn his way. And we really like Trent Sherfield and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, and, and like I said, I maybe I was even lower on him than you because I was just not as big a believer as everybody else was out there. I, I've seen the <laughs> joke tweets about that Brandon Ayuk equaled Dante Pettis and, I don't know if it's going to be that bad, that. but <laughs> it did <laughs> but remind it, it me certainly of having those vibes. Because if yeah. you remember that all season, Dante Pettis was <sighs> like the hype was through the roof. He was going for for first rounders and things like that. And after he had the the, the good end of the season, I guess it was it was his rookie year, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I like selling Debo high. I don't like buying. Ayuk low as much like you said I just think this offense it's going to be different guys um deep, as long as they're all healthy you know Kittle didn't get his this week that's going to happen many weeks you know great point um and uh, and then the running game is always a big you know big big factor there they're always going to run the ball a lot well on the same page though when Lance takes over because we, we all know Trey Lance will eventually take over there that offense could see an uptick and could change the way they play and you've got Debo who had the lowest eight out last year and everybody likes to talk about that I mean his eight out was like negative 0.5 yards or something like he always caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage and then you got obviously Ayuk can do the same kind of thing they all have these toolkits these players that can just do everything these you know jack of all trades kind of players but when Lance comes in, maybe that means more runs. Maybe that means more end arounds for Debo and things like that. But I think ultimately it, it comes down to what is low. If you're buying low for Ayuk, I'm not going to probably not going to give away like a Judy for Ayuk straight up at this point. Right. Like I'd rather have Judy. Like, I don't I mean, would you rather have a first or Ayuk? I might want the first. Like, this is just such a murky offense to me. But I mean, again, if I, I don't have Ayuk on any rosters, like we were saying before, I, just, I never yeah, got a yeah. chance in anything and just it felt like his price was way too high. But if I can get him for a second, I do that, right? Like seconds aren't the most hit rate picks. And I mean, some people really like them and have like a lot of them and want to hoard them and all this. And it's an asset that accrues value and Ayuk could go all over the place, right? We honestly, we don't know what Ayuk's year looks like. He could be on the outs entirely or traded by the trade deadline. We, I, I hate to say it, but like some of that stuff can come to be fruition, right? Mm-hmm. And you put it perfectly, Kittle's going to get the ball. I, it, there's a chance that Ayuk is nothing, or he could be a top five receiver. And this could be one of those fluke week ones we look back and next year you're saying, after week one, Ayuk had zero catches. Remember yeah. that? And now he's a top <laughs> five receiver in Dynasty. So 
It depends. It just depends. And, and I keep mentioning Kyle because he keeps commenting in the chat. But he's, yep. Kyle, Kyle says, I would rather have Ayuk than Judy. I, I cannot go there. Cooter, are you, are you, can you go there? Or... <laughs> I mean, not right now, but I guess it depends how hard you believe in that offense. I don't know. Give me another week or two to see it. That's kind of what I, I mean. I want to see if he actually gets like 12 targets next game and he's back to like being the dominant force and Debo gets hurt. I'm on board with Ayuga over Judy, right? It won't take much to sway my opinion, but that's exactly the volatility I tend to avoid. If it takes that kind of one week, changes my opinion on a player, I'm usually out on that player because then the whole thing could happen the opposite direction the next week. You know what I mean? Like I, you, sometimes you need volatility and you need a little risk. I generally don't like that much risk on my teams. Just how I play. Yeah, and I just like it would take it would take a lot for me to put Ayuk over Judy just because I wasn't as big of a believer coming in, and a lot of his production last year was when one or both of the other two guys was hurt, Debo and Kittle. Um, so I would need to see multiple games of production with all three healthy, where Ayuk seems to be the lead dog, and I honestly don't expect that to happen. So. Um, uh, yeah, I'd rather have Judy. Um, last guy on our list was uh, Corey Davis. Uh, so, Cooter, is Corey Davis for real? I think he is. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the team itself scares me, but if I have him, I'm happy. I'm happy that I had faith in him. That's my personal belief. I don't think he's going to have 100 yards and two touchdowns every game, but right. I mean, I'd love to see it on week one. Andrew, right. are you in on Corey? Uh, that, that that year five breakout last year, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what <laughs> we all wait for with receivers. But I mean, I I guess if I have Jude, if, if I have Davis, it's one of those guys that I'm I'm probably just no one's going to give me anything for him, and he's going to be in my lineup a couple of weeks. Like, eh, but if you yeah, can flex right. it and get something like this every now and then, I mean, that's beautiful. I think. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think Davis is probably one of those guys that I think I have one or two shares, and especially in redraft because he was just going so late. Uh, I think he's like my fifth receiver on one redraft team, but he made my lineup last week and he made my lineup this week. Cause I'm like, man, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, let's see what happens. But yeah. I, I think that that, that offense is a little freaky on its own. Right. I mean, that the jets are always a little terrifying. People don't want to, I mean, we were just talking about how there might be eight offensive weapons. If you count Brady on the bucks, but there's what two maybe on the jets. <laughs> and it's like, well, that team is just terrifying. They, you don't know who you're going to get. So, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have the Davis risk because it's a lower cost than the IU risk. And I think the variation is going to be different. Crowder missed last week, but he was on the COVID list. That's not going to happen. He's back already this week. Yep. So that could hurt Davis a little bit. So, I mean, I don't want to get too hyped up on this, but I mean, they got Mims, they got more, they got uh, Carter, they got Michael P Ryan, they got some other players that still might, try to show up so i i don't know i'm not full in but i do like davis i do think he's got some talent yeah i'm I'm getting to full in i don't think i'm quite there yet either but and i i've been on record as saying i don't put much stock in the preseason but he was getting targeted like crazy when he was in there in the preseason seems like wilson trusts him the most out of all those guys i'm not a big believer in wilson so that's my biggest thing holding me back from getting it all in on Corey davis um like you said the offense itself is a little bit of a worry it did not Despite what Corey Davis did, he did not look great this week until he got a couple touchdowns in the in the fourth quarter, uh, or it might have been in the late third and then the fourth quarter. But still, uh, I just I, I think he's going to be a wide receiver too for you though. I I, I like it a lot. He's going he's he's going to get peppered with targets. He, he he's always had talent. 
Um, and, and like you said, the week, f- the week, the year five uh, breakout or whatever it was year four breakout last year. Uh, and maybe he can keep it going this year with, uh, if Zach Wilson can, uh, can do more what he did in the fourth quarter, unless we did in the first three quarters last week. Um, he had to learn, he had to figure out what he was doing. So yeah, maybe that's the real Zach Wilson. Yeah. I, I have my doubts, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but but if anyone's going to produce in that offense, I think it's going to be Davis because I like I said, I expect him to be a target monster. He he only got seven this week, but I did lead the team, and I just think he, he, it it'll only get better from uh, here going forward. I, I I expect him to see more than seven targets per game because they'll probably be uh, be trailing in most of those games as well. So. Um, we're running a bit long here, but we wanted to get into some guys kind of look uh, if to week two and beyond the guys that did not have great week ones uh, did from a fantasy points perspective, but that, that we we're encouraged for going forward. Um, so we'll each give a, a, a player or two and then, and then move on to our find me a trade. So Andrew, why don't you give one first? Sure. So I, I think uh, Cooter brought him up earlier, but yeah, Antonio Gibson, who's playing right now, of course, and unless you're listening later and then he played earlier, uh, but, <laughs> but the point of Antonio Gibson is one of those guys that I think had a, had a, I would say had a pretty good week one, but not a tremendous week one. Like he wasn't like a, a stud week one running back. And there weren't really a whole lot of like stellar receiver running backs in, in week one. I mean, Joe Mixon, I think was the top running back, which yeah. I, I love that as a Bengals fan, but that's not something you're used to saying. Yeah. Gibson um, only had 11.8 PPR points. Week yeah. Week. And that's not great, right? Like it's not terrible. It's not Barkley bad, right? I mean, like Barkley had what, like, four <laughs> points or something like just killed some teams, but I think Gibson's got the, got the talent and with, uh, with our man Fitz magic going down and this, this offense is going to have to change its look a little bit. Um, I don't think you saw McKissick get a single look and he's got a touchdown tonight, which is hilarious uh, and not Gibson. <laughs> um, but again, it's like, I just think this offense is going to focus on the run a little more. I think Gibson's great catching balls out of the backfield, which is terrific for a backup quarterback. Uh, they like to have that dump off and someone like a short security blanket kind of a thing. So I'm, I'm really thinking Gibson could be in, in line for a great year. And maybe that comes at the expense of Fitz, which is really sad, but I just think he was going to have a good year anyway. So it's not like I'm, I'm not double counting it, but I just think like it kind of supports my argument. Like I think he could be in for a good one. So Gibson's one of those guys that actually wrote an article for PFN asking if you should start him tonight. And I pretty much said, hell yeah. Uh, of course, so far in the game, that's not looking terrific, but yeah. there's plenty of time left. We, we saw a lot of craziness happen on Monday night. So that why not happen again? Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we got plenty of time left. Uh, point being, I still, even if it doesn't pan out, I think it was the right call, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all the signs line up that Gibson's the guy. So yeah, I, I think he's going to be somebody that, that breaks out even better this year. He has some touchdown regression coming from last year's 11 touchdowns, I want to say he had. That's an awful lot. I don't see that happening. But, yeah, it's very possible that Gibson's the guy for Washington as this goes forward. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That was a, a good call, even though it's not panning out as well as we hope tonight. Uh, but he last week he had all uh, he had all but one of the, the running back carries uh, and all three of the running back targets. McKissick didn't even get a target last week. Uh, this week, that's changed. They both have two. I don't have the target numbers, but they both have two catches tonight. But again, he got two catches. He didn't do much with them, but he, they're involving him in the passing game. He's getting a he got a big workload last week. I'm not. I we haven't been able to watch the game for the last hour totally, uh, <laughs> but so I'm not sure why he's not getting as many carries tonight. But. Uh, and why McKissick got they put McKissick in apparently near the goal line for a touchdown, but uh, he's going to get most of those touchdowns as well. So uh, yeah, I definitely see him, even if this keeps up tonight, I'm not worried about him at all and love him going forward. 
Um, so, Cooter, do you have a, a player you, you were you're not you're encouraged for going forward that maybe didn't produce week one? Yeah, I think Aaron Jones, and I think we kind of touched upon it with the Green Bay offense. But I mean, five rush rushing attempts for nine yards. I mean, that's just not going to be what happens week to week, you know. Um, so he's one that for sure was didn't produce well, but he's going to be catching some passes as well. And I think once they figure out whatever was going on in week one, he'll be fine. Well, who do they play this week? The Detroit Lions on Monday oh, Night well, there Football. You go. There this you is going to be a monster game. Rodgers is going to come. Rodgers has an ego. So I, I'm with you. I think Aaron Jones is a terrific pick. Aaron Jones is one of those players that everybody just expected to be a set it and forget it. And he disappointed like Barkley, right? Same guy we were talking about, but I'm with you. I think Aaron Jones is in line for a terrific season. Yeah. Yeah. And especially Monday night in the prime time against the lions. Oh, bring it on. I'm ready. Yeah. I think this is going to be a a get right game for, I think they're going to even more so than they would have because of what happened last Mm -hmm. night. They're just going to explode on Monday night. And we're going to yep. see tons of fantasy points from Rogers Jones uh, and, and Devonte Adams. Uh, one of my guys was uh, Austin Eckler. Uh, yep. He wasn't awful this week. I think he had like 11 points or so. Cause he did get a touchdown in there, um, but no catches. And I've seen people make a big deal about that. Uh, whereas to me, that's almost a positive that, that he, he did not get any catches this week and was still halfway decent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's not going to happen. Most week one last year, he had one target in game one last year. He had he had zero targets this this year. I, I don't know what it is about week one for him. Maybe this year, I think it may be a little bit to do with. I know he's having a hamstring issue coming in. Um, he, they still gave him the ball to run it a decent amount, but um, after week one last year, he had sixty four targets in the in the nine games he played, and that includes the game he got hurt, where he only had one target in that game. So uh, it, it, week one was not an indicator of what was to come. Week one is not an indicator of what was to come this year. For whatever reason, Mike Williams was getting open all over the place. As always, Keenan Allen was getting open all over the place. So uh, I think that's mainly what it was. They were able to work downfield more against Washington. Uh, maybe the you know maybe they didn't like the little matchups with the linebackers and safeties on Eckler. Maybe he just wasn't getting open. I don't know because of the hamstring. But we're we're going to see that change. And to me, the biggest sign of encouragement too was that he got uh, he did get a touchdown, and it was at it was near the goal line. He got a goal line carry, um, which is not something we necessarily expected to get out of him. So. He's a guy I definitely see improving going forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. That offense is taking a little bit of a change this year. Herbert obviously put the team on his back for some of the year last year and as a rookie and kind of some craziness in there. But honestly, like th- this is not this is not time to panic on Austin Eckler. It's mm-hmm. one game. I, I think that, that that team still, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they, they didn't need to throw the ball a lot. They weren't looking for Eckler. Like you said it well, Mike Williams kept getting open, right? Like, they just, I don't know, he had other options. And I don't think Eckler is game planned out. Obviously, he was game planned in just in a different way. I mean, sure, he had 100% fewer targets than he had last year, week one. That's fine, right? But, like, it doesn't really matter. When you're one or zero, who cares? Like, he, he was fine last year. He'll be fine this year. So, yeah, I'm worth it with you. Uh, Andrew, I know you had another one on the sheet here, but we kind of talked about that. Devontae Adams and Roger, basically the whole Green Bay offense rebounding. Mm -hmm. So I'll just get into my other one, and then then we'll move on to our find me a trade, which was um, Javante Williams. Um, He only had, I think, uh, 14 carries for something like 55 yards, um, but he – 
he had a 50 uh, per PFF. He had a 50, 50, exactly 50, 50 split in snaps yep. uh, with, uh, with Gordon. He out carried Gordon. Uh, Gordon basically had one long run, which is why he had a much better fantasy day. Uh, neither of them ran, were running particularly well. I think Javante actually had a couple longer, like nine, 10 yard carries later in the game. Uh, but neither of them were running particularly well against the giants. Uh, and, the fact that he's already getting a 50-50 split out of the gate. And mm-hmm. I also saw on PFF, he had a, a 66% snap rate on uh, second uh, second down or later and, and two yards to go, which indicates to me he could be the goal line back. They were using him as a short yardage back more so than they were Gordon. So despite the low fantasy point total, uh, this was a situation where I thought he was going to have to work his way in, like Jonathan Taylor, like Cam Akers, like we've seen, we saw from Nick Chubb in the past with Carlos Hyde. And the fact that he's already at 50-50 and out touching him week one, I think is huge. And and we're going to see him be a, a factor even sooner than I probably expected. Yeah, I, I agree fully. I think I expected Williams to be the guy by week five, and we saw it almost exactly half, like you just said, and, and maybe not in points, but in, in opportunity in week one. That's okay. So it's go time. All right, now is the yeah. time. That's good to hear. All right. He might be a guy that if someone's panicking because they thought he was the RB1, maybe go try to get a trade in. I don't know. Well, like, so yeah. if, if you thought Williams was going to be a guy who was playing later, and maybe honestly, there are players out there. There are fantasy managers that do this all the time where they look at the box score, they look at the points and they say, well, Gordon outscored him. So Williams must mm-hmm. not be the guy. And, and they just look at the numbers and yeah, you might be able to sneak something through. I like that a lot. I think that it depends on kind of your league and how, you know, where that's going to go. But I want to say this too, about Williams looking at all the rookie running backs, right? It, let's just say the top five we had, obviously ETN didn't play at all. You had Najee Harris who kind of struggled a little bit himself, right? You had Trey Sermon who was inactive. You have Javante Williams, who actually did pretty well over expectation in my book. And then what, Michael Carter, I guess, was the fifth one? He didn't do well at all. So, like, all the rookies struggle, and that's kind of common. But Especially again, this early, yeah. Yeah, I think Williams is the one that was better than expected, even with low expectations. So if he's better already in week one, I think he could be better for the season. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have him than Gordon. I think at some point, Gordon's legs are just going to fall off and – He's not going to be the guy we want anymore. And Williams is going to be the man. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's a good pick, Robbie. Okay, so we will get into our Find Me a Trade, which was this week submitted by uh, Mr. Joshua R. on Twitter, at FF Mercenary. It's for a 14-team, half PPR, one QB, with a 1.0 PPR tight end premium, 24-man rosters. Uh, and they only start nine, a QB, a running back, three wide receivers, a tight end, and three flexes. He said he's a top team in the league. He won it in 19, was third in 2020, always trying to stay competitive. Uh, he has four first over the next two years, looking for trades to be competitive now uh, and in future years. So uh, the three of us uh, looked for a trade for him. And uh, Cooters, do you want to get into to yours first? Because I yeah. know you, you know, we, you got to get out of here soon. We, we've held yeah. you a little bit too long. Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> I just uh, so my biggest thing with this, and you guys are going to be better at the trade aspect, but I always feel like you absolutely things that people forget to do is look at your weaknesses and strengths versus your other people. I think sometimes people focus on their own more than the other team. Personally, just from what I've experienced, I don't know if it's that way for Dynasty and everything. You're a pro. But, um, That's exactly right. Nailed I it. mean, I just see it all the time. Like, to me, I'll get trades and I'm like, have you even looked at my lineup? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, that's insulting. You haven't even seen how much that doesn't affect me to get this person. Right. 
But um, so for me, this guy doesn't have a ton. Like, I don't see it and say, oh, God, this is terrible. But the weakness is assuming Rodgers doesn't figure it out, assuming he's not the guy we thought he was going to be right now. And he's older, right? So I feel like QB is where you need to do the work if there needs to be work, if there's work to be done. Um, And so then I went look at some of the other guys, and it looked like – Maybe trying to get Wilson from Blood Angels, who's hurting at running back. Or um, that was the big one that I saw, just looking for who has quarterbacks they can get rid of. Oh, and then I liked what Rocky's going to say. So I kind of didn't <laughs> add a ton in there. Because when I saw that, I'm like, that's perfect. You guys know what you're doing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't hate the team, but the weakness would probably be quarterback for me. And so finding a team – that has a weakness at running back or wide receiver because he's kind of stacked at wide receiver and wheeling and dealing from that. You know what I mean? So I don't have a specific trade, but that would be my biggest thing is trying to find where they're weak and making it work, you know? Uh, obviously, I think you make a great point, Cooter, as, as we'll, we'll get into my trade in a minute um, where I kind of went along those same lines. Um, I did want to ask, I know you said mentioned you had to, to leave soon. Do you, do you want to sign off here or do you want to stay oh, on yeah. a little if bit you, longer? Do you mind if I pop out? No, that's okay. fine. We'll just finish up with our trades. Okay. We'll talk about them, and then we'll sign off. So I want—I right. I didn't want to hold you long. I know you gotta—you gotta. You gotta no, do I stuff appreciate there it. Yeah. yeah, but no, um, this was so, a lot of fun. So if you ever want me back on, please, I would love to. Um, yes. Especially if it comes off of like a big Saints win, have me back. Oh, yeah. You know. And but, is there? You just want to tell people, you know, where they can find your stuff and and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Good stuff. Uh, before I'm, you go. On Twitter at Cooterdoodle, you can follow me at MB Fantasy Life. And like we mentioned earlier, I'll be having those weekly fantasy mixtapes. So you can check that out. Awesome. Sounds great. But thanks so much for coming on. We really enjoyed having you. I had fun, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Cooter. Thanks. Catch y'all later. Bye-bye. Okay, but uh, even though Cooter had to go, we were going to finish up with our two trades, and I kind of rushed through it because I knew Cooter had to get out of here. Um, So I do want to give the roster, because she did mention quarterback as a weakness, and I wanted to let people know um, what exactly we're talking here. I kind of skipped that so that she could get a trade in. Um, Basically, what he has here is uh, he's got Sam Darnold, Aaron Rodgers, and Zach Wilson on taxi. Uh, Not that he's totally weak. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a solid starter. Zach Wilson's a young guy, uh, you know. That's, he's young. I don't know that he's good, but he's young. Um, All right. <laughs> I'll never uh, pass up a chance to get a dig in at Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got a Zeke, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, A.J. Dillon at run as his main running backs. Uh, like she said, he's pretty stacked at receiver. He's got Diggs, he's got Cup, he's got Ridley, he's got Allen Robinson, uh, he's got Devontae Smith, he's got Cortland Sutton. And uh, Tyler Boyd as well. Uh, a couple other guys, a couple other young guys, Michael Pittman. Uh, and then he's also got TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller at tight end, as we and mentioned. Logan Thomas. I mean, and that's... Logan Thomas, that's right, as yeah. all legit tight ends, plus the Juwan Johnson, uh, you know, that we talked about earlier, uh, who may may end up being a thing or not. And that's uh, – but Waller and Hawkinson especially are big with the, the – uh, 1.0 tight end premium when it's half PPR for everybody else. Um, he's also got Gallup and Curtis Samuel on his IR, I just noticed. So he's, like I said, especially loaded at wide receiver, very deep. Uh, so I will get into my trade since it kind of uh, goes up on, uh, kind of goes into what uh, Cooter was saying, which was that uh, I was looking to sort of 
ironically coming from me uh, to help it, help him out at quarterback to, to, to go get a quarterback for this guy. Who um, are you and what did you do with Rocky? I know. I'm what did so you confused. do with Rocky, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so basically uh, what I was thinking was that he uh, he's pretty stacked everywhere else as far as I'm concerned. I'm still a believer in Zeke. Uh, I love Gibson despite his slow start, including this game tonight. Um, and he, all those receivers, he's got two elite tight ends because Hawk is in fact elite. Uh, <laughs> so I, that's the one place I could see to upgrade. And it, ironically, I tend to like getting them more in one quarterback <laughs> because they are not as expensive. I think that's the reason you can get elite quarterback talent for a much cheaper price for obvious reasons. Um, and Maybe this isn't cheap. This might be an overpay, but I put that I would start by trying to offer Zach Wilson and Devontae Smith for Kyler Murray. I did because I'm so I'm so much not a one QB guy. I actually put this into two calculators and both of them. One of them had as a big overpay. One of them had as a slight overpay. I'm fine with that because. I think Kyler Murray is that guy this year. We have we have a guy that just goes off every year. Last year, you could say it was Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Uh, you know, we had Lamar. We had Mahomes a few years ago when he broke out. I think Ky- I mean Kyler sort of was that guy last year already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think he's going to be like what we saw from Lamar last year. He's almost like a cheat code uh, for you. You know, Lamar was solid in 2020. He was ridiculous in 2019. And I'm not just saying that because of the big game this past week. I just he did. He had the production through 10 games last year, then got hurt. And uh, there's no reason there. They added Rondale Moore. They added A.J. Green for whatever that's worth. Christian Kirk may have figured things out a little bit. Who knows? And, And they got Nuke. Um, and Edmonds is great out of the backfield. I just think, and, and he's he's great with his legs, Murray himself. So I just think he's going to be that difference maker at QB, even in a one QB league, um, where he could kind of put this this team over the top with everything he has elsewhere. Um, for the other team, uh, the team he's trained him as Orcs. This is apparently based on some kind of uh, uh, miniature war game or something uh, where all the uh, kind of, I guess kind of a fantasy type thing. Um, but it's that team doesn't look like he's really trying to compete. He's got a few pieces on his roster um, that are a little older, but it's mostly young guys or just nothings. He's got like, I think Sony Michelle is one of his main running backs. <laughs> I don't have the roster up in front of me, but he's got very little at running back. Uh, he does have Hertz and Murray at quarterback, which is the, the only stumbling block for me here is that I don't know that Wilson gets it done because he could, even if he's willing to trade Murray uh, for Smith, Devonte Smith in a piece, uh, does he really want the young quarterback back? He could, he could rationalize in his head. I already have Hertz. What do I need another quarterback for um, to replace Murray? So that I did put on the sheet. I would, if it took it, I would even do a first. I would do a first in Devonte Smith, which again might seem like an overpay. But when you have four firsts over the next two years, I would try to do the 22 first because I don't really care as much about that class um, as I do the 23 class just from what I'm hearing. Uh, and he has three 23s. He has one 22, so you'd be out of the 22 draft. But but whatever. He's got four seconds. He can get back into that first. So um, so I I'm trying to get him a quarterback like like Andrew said. Who you know who am I and and, and what have I done with Rocky? But uh, <laughs> I, I, it kind of shows like the. 
the reason we do this is you need to be flexible. You can't you can't stick to one strategy. Uh, roster construction and all sorts of things play into what you're going to do with trades. Normally, would I ever want to trade up for a quarterback? No. And it's funny. I actually did something like this in a league just this week. So all I'm right, not just dude. saying this for the show. I actually traded a first and a second and Hollywood Brown for for Kyler Murray and Cole Beasley on a league where I have Kamara and Cook and CH and Kelsey. My receivers are a little shakier, um, but no one was trading me receivers. So I said, you know, this, this guy put him on the block. I said, you know, what can I do to, to separate myself a little somewhere else? And and I actually did that. So and it was one QB league, one of the few one QB dynasty leagues I'm in. So uh, I, 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 it's not just me saying this for the show. I actually put my money where my mouth is uh, earlier this week. So I've rambled on long enough here, Andrew, about my trade. What, what do you think? Well, first of all, I feel like I should have taken a bathroom break or something there. That was terrific, I know. but I didn't need to. We're all right. I usually don't talk, though. I went on for like, like five minutes there. I just want to let you go. You were doing great. Uh, the only thing I would say or the only pieces I guess I would add to what you're talking about, and I had a similar kind of thought, is that with the way this league is set up, it's a 14-team league. But his team looks like a 10-teamer. Like yes. His team is stacked. And I think it, it, looking at the other teams in the league, even Orcs that you were just talking about, he literally only has three running backs on his roster that are not injured because he has ETN, who's on his IR. Yeah. And then he's got Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, and Lamar Miller, and that is it. And when I first saw that and you were looking at that as a trade and getting Kyler, I was like, ooh, that is rough. He might like the first more than Wilson because then obviously it's a better chance to get a running back. But also you only have to start one in this league and you only start nine total. I think those are things that sometimes those settings make me want to consolidate, right? If I'm looking at starting nine and I'm only having to start one running back, like, okay, well then I want the best running back I can start. Right. And so I'll kind of segue into my trade because I think it's in the same vein. Mine was going to be all three players had kind of down week ones, but it was going to be send Zeke and Boyd for Barkley. And the logic here is kind of what I just said. I want to consolidate my assets, especially if I'm only starting one running back. And you have to start a minimum of three receivers, which I don't know if I've seen this before. One run, one running back, three receivers, yeah. and then two flexes. Like that, that's an interesting setting. So to me, that's where I looked at that. And then I went back to that Orcs team we were just talking about. And he's only got Damian Harris, Sona Michelle, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you might actually be able to get through with that because you're not getting a ton of points in the running back position. You're going to flex all these other players. He obviously had ETN go down. That changed his whole season. So maybe a trade like this might make more sense for him. But my trade was going to the, uh, what was the team name again? Imperial Fist. It was the one that has Barkley. And I think if they, if I'm looking at, if, if I'm that team, if I'm looking at this and saying, well, do I want that trade from my side, right? That guy has uh, Saquon Barkley, Elijah Mitchell, who of course is somebody, and Jonathan Taylor. But like, that's kind of it at the running back position, but that's fine. But his receivers are a little weak. He just took an injury to Jerry Judy. He's got uh, Jamar Chase, who I love. Uh, Nikhil Harry, who is nothing. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Anthony Miller. He's got Debo. So like, he's got some hit or miss guys. And I feel like if I'm that guy and I'm looking at this, like I've already got Jonathan Taylor. I can downgrade from Saquon to Zeke. That's not too bad. And I get a receiver in a three receiver league that actually might help me out. So that was where my thought was. But again, a lot of these teams, I'm like, how is this a 14-team league? These teams are just stacked. But ultimately, it comes back to their one quarterback. That does tend to help. You don't have as many quarterbacks flying around. You don't have to stack as many of those quarterbacks. But only having one running back gives you some flexibility. So, yeah, I think uh, we did another one of Josh's leagues a couple weeks ago, I want to say. And uh, I I just think this one is the consolidation for me. Just try to consolidate as much as you can, get all that power as you're making your contender run here. 
Yeah, and like you said, especially nine starters is a fairly low amount of starters for a league. I mean, it is 14 teams, so I guess that makes a little sense to lower the starters. I, I am I, I am in some 14-team leagues where it's like 11 starters, uh, and you start whatever you can find. But, uh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, and I, I like this trade uh, definitely. I mean, you're getting a couple years back with Saquon. Saquon's gonna rebound. Uh, I haven't checked recently what he's doing tonight. I know he had the one long run. I don't think he had much else beyond that. He's got eight for forty-one. Um, I think is all he's got, and then two catches, twelve yards. Yeah, so and nothing that, crazy. And that one long run was like forty yards. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna bounce back into shape though. Um, just the way Zeke is, but uh, you're getting a couple young, a couple years younger. You're getting more pass catching. I think even starting week three, we're, I'm not sure who they're playing, but I think we're going to start seeing, starting to see them unleash Saquon a little more um, in terms of number of carries, in terms of in the passing game. And and by the end of the year, you'll be very happy Saquon's on your team, I think, uh, as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, I think in the playoffs, he'll be reducing like old Saquon. So, yeah. Uh, I have no problem adding Boyd to Zeke to get to Saquon. Uh, uh, like I said, I think Zeke's 26. Barkley, I think, is 24. Um, so, yeah. and, and and a few less, a couple less years into his career. So, I, again, all those receivers, just throw one in there. Uh, if it's not Boyd, maybe somebody else, uh, you know, Gallup or so, whoever he likes. Um, so, yeah, I have no problem with that one. Well, and, and just to kind of uh, piggyback for one more second here, because I, I do think that the Orcs team that you were looking at, and we were just showing their their running backs were a little bit light, right? Um, if And I'm trying to go back to this uh, Josh's team. He's got uh, a couple of running backs, like Chase Edmonds and Kareem Hunt, that you might be able to move straight up for a quarterback in a 1QB league. So, I mean, to kind of maybe combine our, our trades together is something like maybe like Zach Wilson and uh, Kareem Hunt for Kyler Murray. You know, something like that might get it done. It might be enough in a one QB league because quarterbacks are not that valuable. People don't want to have three good quarterbacks. It doesn't help him much. And again, he does have Jalen Hurts. He still gets a young guy behind him because he's got Foles and Garoppolo as his other two. So it's like that's to me that helps your running back room. It, it gives up some of your running back depth if you're Josh. But at the same time, you only need to start one and you've got plenty. So like those are the kind of trades I would look for is, is see someone's big need. And this team, when they lost ETN, that was their need. That was going to be their guy. And now Harris is kind of getting lucky as the starter in New England, but you need more running backs. I would I would want more running backs on that team, especially in a 14-teamer. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of maybe the, the combination, the, the, the mind child of our two trades is something yeah. like that, where it's like a quarterback and a running back might get it done easier. Yeah, or even um, if you can find a contender even that needs running back help, you could do Rodgers and one of those guys for an upgraded quarterback as well. Yeah, I mean, and he's got Rodgers, Darnold, and Wilson. All of them have question marks. I love what you're thinking there. And, and even uh, what Cooter was saying, like trading for Wilson or Dak or somebody like that, like shore up that quarterback position, and I think you're done. Like I think this team is just terrific. If that quarterback was a top five, like a Lamar or something, or a Herbert even, I'd feel much more confident about my chances just – with Darnold and, and Rodgers obviously not being himself, even if it's just one week, that's still scary. And Wilson, who we're not huge fans of, but I mean, again, it's like none of those guys are studs. I would want a stud quarterback, even in a 14-teamer with the way this league is set up. That's that's the missing link for sure. Yep, I agree. So uh, you heard it here. Rocky's going after quarterbacks. <laughs> About time, Rock. And a one QB league of all things, too. Like, man, I know. <laughs> 
Um, but like I said, it just goes to show you, you need to be flexible. That I mean, uh, not to hate on my man, John, but he just that's part of the reason I, 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 I don't love QBX is he's very rigid with it. Um, and and I, I, I try to be flexible. Um, and also with both of our trades, I think it goes into what he was saying, too, about trying to stay competitive. Um, I'll still looking towards the future because in both cases we were getting them solid starters or beyond solid starters now while also making them a little younger. Um, uh, well, not younger in my case, not younger because I was sending two rookies, uh, but still young with Kyler Murray. And you were getting him younger at the running back position, which is obviously big at that position. So um, but that'll finish up find me a trade, which means that'll finish up our show. So um, I'll just finish up with some of our business here before we sign off. Um, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty FF Attic, Andrews at Andrew Hall FF. Follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. Um, you can follow our other co host who's not on this week, Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. And make sure you're both following and subscribing to the DAP network at DAP. Is it DAP underscore network? I want to mm-hmm. say DAP underscore network on Twitter. And make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you can see us. You can see Fantasy Timeline. When Trade Addicts occasionally goes live, you can see them as well. Um, please also subscribe to the pod. If you can, give us a five-star rating and review. It really helps. It gets, uh, gets us out there. And the reviews help us uh, with what you like, what you don't like. Um, so please do all that stuff. Uh, so people can find us and uh, and people we can get more people listening to us and we can find more trades. So Andrew, take us out. Junkies out.